The FedLife Podcast is presented by Serving Those Who Serve, a fiduciary fee-based financial planning firm serving federal government employees and retirees all over the country. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be taken as financial advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. The opinions expressed by our hosts are their own and do not reflect the views, policies, or position of either Raymond James or Serving Those Who Serve. Hello and welcome, everybody, to this episode of the FedLife Podcast. If you're a regular, you know who I am. If you're not, I'll introduce myself. I'm Dan Seip. I'm your host, additionally, the branch manager here at Lee Seip and Associates and Serving Those Who Serve. So that's probably how you found us. I want to begin, as I always do, by saying thank you. Thank you for taking time to listen, but also thank you for your service to the government, to the country, to me, to everybody. You don't hear enough. You're always going to hear it here. The other person that you're always going to hear is the guru, Ed Zerndorfer. He's back with us today as part of our ongoing mission to reach, teach, and serve you, the career civilian fed. Now, if you're regular, you know what I got to say next. At the outset, I need to say the opinions of our guest, Ed Zerndorfer, are not the opinions of Raymond James or serving those who serve, and that this podcast is presented for information only and is not meant to be taken as advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. If you don't have a personal advisor, hit us up at stwserve.com. We will help you any way we can. As usual, we are following Ed's FedZone articles. Gives us one more way to reach and teach. And Ed, we begin a new year, and Fed's have a new pay raise. Yay. Finally got it settled. So your article is chock full of info for our listeners and readers. So Ed, you share this year's pay raise is historic. How so? This year's uh, federal employee pay increase, I should say it's for 2024, um, is on average 5.2% because there is locality pay adjustments. It averages 5.2%. Some areas, it's going to be higher. I think in the Washington, D.C. area, it's 5.35%. Um, Seattle, Seattle, Washington area, it's 5.7%. In some areas of Florida, I think the Miami area, Miami, Florida, it's 4.94%. But it's the highest federal plan pay increase in 40 years. The last time we got an increase that this high, it was 1980. This was very high inflation time during that time. And I think at that time, it was a 9.1% increase. So we've got the highest increase in 40 years. We'll take it. I I remember my late father-in-law talking about that one. And you touched on it. Folks, remember, with locality pay, not everybody will get exactly 5.2. Some will be higher. Some will be lower. But this year, feds might need to wait a pinch longer before they see the increase, right? Yes, Dan. There's a little misunderstanding here, and I think one of one of the problems with the misunderstanding is the fact that I hear this. Well, I heard there's going to be a cola, a cost of living adjustment. Well, colas are applied to annuities, a CSRS annuity or a FERS annuity, and they always take effect. And Social Security recipients get a cola. They always take effect on the first day of the calendar year, January first. Whereas pay increases take effect on the first day of the new leave year, the new leave year. So it happens to be that during leave year 2023, there were 27 pay periods. 
The 2023 leave year started actually on January 1st, 2023, and it's going to end on Saturday, January the 13th, 2024. So the first day of the 2024 leave year will be January the 14th, at which time the, 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 the 5.2% average pay increase will become effective. Gotcha. Gotcha. So folks, don't get mad at your payroll. If you're looking at it right now and you don't see it, it's coming. Now, Ed, as, as you always do, you go into the ripple effects of things, which is fantastic. And your article shares that there are benefits that are going to be positively impacted by the raise. I mean, everybody, everybody knows a raise is good. Hey, I'm getting more money. But you, in, you show three of the benefits they're going to be positively impacted by this. So, so please take us through that. Yes, I think employees are used to uh, they, they they run to their their leaving earnings statements. Oh, look, I got I'm getting more money, yep. more money. But there's other benefits being affected, and the first thing that's going to be affected is whether you are a CSRS employee or a FERS employee. Um, you are contributing to your respective retirement system. When I say contributing, every payday, for example, you're a CSRS employee. I was. Uh, 7% of your paycheck is being contributed to the CSRS Retirement Disability Fund. If you're a first employee, uh, depending on when you are hired, 0.8% of your paycheck or 3.1% of your paycheck or 4.4% of your paycheck is being contributed every two weeks to the CS to the FERS Retirement Disability Fund. When I say being contributed, it's that that three point that point eight percent, three point one percent, or four point four percent is being applied to your gross wages that you earn every two weeks to your gross wages, and then deducted from your paycheck and contributed to this FERS retirement and disability fund. Gotcha. So that's going to that's going to be for because your gross salary is going up by the average five point two percent. So will the amount that you're contributing contributing every two weeks. Those contributions you make, by the way, you get that money back when you retire as part of your monthly annuity. I'm not going to sure. talk about that now, but it's, it's, it's money that you will get back. You will get back as part of your monthly annuity. And then your second one has to do with the FERS individual contribution, right? Yes, yes. So if you are a FERS covered employee, and whether you contribute to the TSP or not, hopefully you are, but whether you are contributing to the TSP or not, your agency will always contribute 1% every, every payday, 1% of your salary, gross salary to the TSP, 1%, 1%. And because your salary is going up by the average 5.2% increase, so will the amount that your, that your, that your agency is contributing every two weeks to, uh, as part of the one, as the one, 1%. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is that those employees who are enrolled in the Federal Employee Group Life Insurance, vaguely, and many employees are, the amount of their life insurance coverage is determined in part, is determined by the amount of their salary. Now, let me break this down. Because if you are enrolled in vaguely, if you are enrolled in vaguely, you have to be enrolled. You have to be covered by what's called. You have to be enrolled in what's called the basic insurance amount, the Fagley basic insurance amount. 
So what is the Fagley Basic Insurance Amount? It is an employee's current SF50 salary, SF50, standard form 50. It tells you what your salary is on, on, that, you know, on your note on that form that you get every January notifying you what your salary will be for the year. It's called the SF50 salary, which includes your regular pay and any locality pay adjustments. Okay. So whatever that salary is, you round it up to the next thousand and add 2,000. So let's do an example. Suppose an employee is enrolled in Fagley, whether they're CSRS or FERS, it makes no difference. And let's say their salary, their SF50 salary is $103,200. $103,200. And they have the Fagley based insurance met. We'll take the $103,200, round it up to the next thousand, that's 104,000, Dan, and add 2,000. That's $106,000. Gotcha. $106,000. Okay. Now, that SF50 salary is the salary that's being adjusted by the pay increase, which takes effect this year on the first day of the leaf year. So when employees get their new SF50 showing that salary, new salary, their vaguely basic insurance coverage will also be increased accordingly. Their coverage, life insurance coverage, will be going up according to the amount of the increase. That's the first thing, the basic insurance amount. Then those employees who are um, enrolled in option B, it's multiple salary. You get one, two, three, four, or five times multiple salary. What salary? It is your S current SF50 salary again, rounded up to the next thousand. So my example here, an employee has $103,500 of an SF50 salary, rounded up, and they have, let's say, three multiples of their SF50 salary as adjusted. Their SF50 salary will be adjusted up to the next thousand. Gotcha. Which is 104,000. So the employee would have three times, three multiples times 104,000, which is what, I guess, $312,000 additional besides the basic insurance amount. Well, once again, with the pay increase, the SF50 salary is being adjusted by that pay increase. So will the amount of their coverage for option B. So we have, they're getting additional life insurance coverage. Absolutely. And then also you point out that there's going to be impact to Social Security and Medicare wages. Yes. Social Security wages this year, Social Security wages in general, the amount that individuals or covered by Social Security, they have to pay what's called the FICA tax, the federal insurance contribution, which is 6.2% of their wages, of their wages. <laughs> That's 6.2% is matched by your agency. The employer matches the 6.2%. Well, every year, Social Security imposes what's called a cap on the wages. Uh, the cap for 2020 to 2023 was $160,000. 600, 160,000, uh, $160, it's going to go up in 2024 to 168,600. Now, the pay increase is not directly tied to this in the following sense that if, even with the pay increase, the 5.2% average increase, if it's below, it results in their in the employee's social security wages being below 168,600. It's just going to be more FICA tax. But if it turns out 
that with the um, 5.2% pay increase, that it'll bring the employee over 168,600 hours of Social Security wages. I emphasize Social Security wages. Right. Because the SF50 the salary wages are not necessarily the same as Social Security wages. There are some cases where they're not going to be the same, but the point is that it, it turns out that the Social Security wages, as a result of the the, well, the enforcement wages, are, are going to end up going above 168600 They're still going to be capped at 160600 as far as paying the FICA taxes. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, and, and that's what I love about your articles, brother. Up next, this is just another great example. Where I think you're the preeminent author on, on benefits for our feds. You share how folks can confirm that they're getting the full amount of the 2024 pay raise. So you begin with checking that SF50. So tell us about that. Yeah, Dan, I I really I get a little disappointed sometimes employees say to me, well, I assume it's correct. You don't assume anything is correct. Mistakes are made. Whether, you know, whatever the reason it is, employees should be, anytime there's going to be a change in their salary, change of benefits, should confirm that they are correct. Now, by law, when an employee's salary changes, for whatever reason, they get a step increase, they get a promotion, whatever it is, they will, in this case, a pay increase, they will be receiving a new SF50, a new SF50. How soon after it takes effect on, Gen- on January 14th, it varies by agency. But let's say certainly sometime by late February, they should be getting a new, an updated, and it, now it's all electronic. It used to be paper. Now it's all, it's going to go into the electronic personnel file. They should check that new SF50 and verify that the fact that they got a pay increase, the amount of the pay increase. It'll show what the pay increase, what pay increase is. Then, at when they get their first, when they get their statement of earnings and leave, taking which takes full effect, which shows they'll impose the effect of the pay increase, they should verify to see that they got the pay increase. Also, with their life insurance coverage, and I, this is where I get a real disappointment. I asked employees, "Do you have a family?" They say, "I think so. I think so." I said, well, have you looked at your leave and learning statement? Yeah, but I don't understand if I have life insurance. There's codes there, I don't understand. There's something about the, you know, it's coded in terms of what they have. Basic insurance, <laughs> basic, the multiple, the additional coverage. It's all there. Please check with your HR, HR personal office, what the, if you have any questions what the codes are, and verify the coverage. Make sure that you got with, with the pay increase, that your coverage, as we dis- discussed a few moments ago, has in fact increased. Increased. Don't assume it's correct. Verify. Very important. If you have questions, please, that's with HR and personnel officer. I know we get questions all the time about this, and we try to help employees as much as we can. When in doubt, ask. That's what yep. I tell employees. Don't assume it's correct. Absolutely. And you sort of round that out by saying, there's snag or a problem, follow up with your HR and OPM, okay, to make sure you write it to ground. Uh, now, Ed, uh, I, I think we'd also be remiss if we didn't conclude with an important suggestion of how some of our folks might uh, want to deploy some of that pay raise. 
And that would be to <clears throat> anyone who hasn't yet maximized their, their TSP contributions. <clears throat> and you say it all the time, Ed. I say it all the time. And I get it. If there's a 2% raise, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of extra room in there. But when we're over 5%, sneaking 3% is a little bit easier. It becomes a little more realistic. Ed, what are your thoughts? All right. I agree, Dan. I think and we, we talk about this all the time that, if you, if you, you know, when it comes to pay increases, set aside something for the future, like your retirement. Ha- have a goal in, when you're a federal employee to maximize your TSP. And I say that maximize your TSP year in and year out. Yep. And I say that for two, re- I say that for two reasons. Number one, that the only time you can contribute to the TSP is when you're an employee. TSP. There are other ways to save for the future. For example, I get the question, I can put money to an IRA, yeah. Well, should I do the IRA or should I do the TSP? I say, you should do the TSP. You should always do the TSP first. Reason? Number one, it's your first employee, you're getting matching. No one's going to match your IRA contribution, I assure you. Okay? That's number one. <laughs> number two. You can always contribute to an IRA as long as you, you or a spouse has earned income. You know, if you left federal service, you retire from federal service, you 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 could you could still contribute to that IRA, but you cannot contribute to the TSP when you leave federal service or you retire from federal service. You cannot contribute directly. So do the TSP. If you're a young employee, yeah, I know it's hard. I know it's hard doing everything. But you have to contribute a minimum, a minimum, 5% each payday. If it's a struggle now, that 5%, well, take some of that pay increase and try to get to that 5% goal, 5% goal. So this is this is a blessing, the fact that the, yep. the pay increase this year is the highest in 40 years, that employees should take full advantage of it to, to, to help, you know, Number one, we just mentioned about pay, the, the, contributing more to the TSP than not. There are other ways the pay increase could be increased. It could be used. If you have a lot of debt, start paying out some of the debt, okay? But not, definitely do not, do not, you have to contribute at least 5% each pay to the TSP. Yep. And just keep marching towards that maximum number because, folks, the TSP, and I know I can hear people yelling at the screen. You know, but Dan, there's inflation. I understand that there's going to be inflation in the future too. And a robust TSP is going to be one of the ways that you address inflation when you're retired. So your future self will thank you. Ed, once again, a great and timely article. So on behalf of all the feds, I say thank you. On behalf of serving this to serve, I say thank you for how you just keep raising the level for folks out there so they understand how to get the most out of what they're doing, brother. Really appreciate you. My, my pleasure, Dan. Always a pleasure. And folks, that's a wrap. We are serving this to serve. Hit that subscribe button uh, and subscribe on our YouTube channel or Spotify. Remember to share it with your friends and strangers. Check us out on Twitter, LinkedIn, and do not forget those live webinars every single week. Just go to swserve.com. You'll see the blue webinar button. Click it. The whole screen will light up. Tons and tons and tons of them. Uh, Ed keeps writing new ones. We put them in. So sign up for one, sign up for all. Your future self will thank you and share it with your friends. Your friends will definitely thank you.
Be sure to read Ed every single week in the Fed Zone. That's fed-zone.com. He's up there again and again and again and again and again. It's really good stuff. So for Ed, the crew at Serving to Serve, and me, Dan Seip, signing off as I always do by saying good luck, Godspeed, and remember, it's your Fed life. Please make it a great one because you deserve it. Stay well, everybody. We are out. <laughs>